put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You now have 15 seconds to comply. You are in direct Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with your two hosts, two men who would buy that for a dollar. It's Fred Roll and JT. <laughs> oh god i'm glad i didn't have that as my um little outro there bread roll i did think about it yeah that's fucking random that buy that for a dollar guy in it typical um verhoven with his weird little intersections with tv shows and stuff yeah absolutely yeah i didn't know what you'd be looking at putting in for the end so i'll look forward to that but um yeah as we mentioned when we did starship troopers a little while back these world building with those weird infomercials really do just create I don't know, they just give this movie so much kind of memorability and substance. And it's almost you remember that more than the actual movie sometimes, really. But um, this week we are looking at a 1987 action movie called Robocop, which came out on July 17th of 1987. It runs for 102 minutes, so right in your wheelhouse there, JT. And it had a budget of 13.7 million, which is pennies compared to some of the movies we've been looking at, considering Batman vs Superman had about 300 million budget. Um, but it came back with 53.4 million, according to Wiki. So it did make a lot of profit. Um, not a bad one, really. No, they had trouble with the budget with this as well, didn't they? It was um, originally going to be even less than that. And then Verhoeven kept pushing and pushing. I think they got to 10 million at one point and He said, it's still not going to happen unless you give me more. So they obviously settled on nearly 14 million, which still, I mean, back then, I guess it was a fair chunk, but it's still peanuts, really. It is in the grand scheme of things, but um, this is like quite a memorable action movie, really. A bit of a classic, definitely. Um, the way it's shot, is, I mean, it's like ultra-violent, really, isn't it? I mean, they, the studio was dead against some of it because of how violent it was, but obviously Verhoeven just likes violent movies. Um, I didn't actually see the proper cut of this until I was in my teens. I used to watch it when I was a kid on TV. Again, another movie I probably shouldn't have done. And it was full-on then, but back then they used to cut so much stuff out of the movie. And then when I actually saw a proper cut of it, I was like, fucking hell, this movie is absolutely mental of how violent it is in places, especially Murphy's death, which I'm sure we'll talk about in due course. Yeah, ultra-violent. Um, again, I um, I was around when this first came out. I mean, you were as well, but you were like a couple of years old. I was at school, and that, there's a guy at our school called Michael King. Kingy, we called him, very original. Um and he used to be able to get like anything. If you said, oh, I want this film, within a couple of days, he'd have it on VHS. Like um, This was one of them, um, Terminator, Commando, the Rambo films, anything. We didn't question it. He just fucking got them for us. And um, this was a massive favourite of mine when it sort of first came out. I guess probably would have been 88, 89 for a couple of years behind when the, the videos were available. But again, should not have been watching this film. Fuck me, is it violent? Yeah, it's strange actually that you mentioned there, you know, Terminator Commando and stuff, because um, Arnie was going to be Robocop at one point, wasn't mm. he? He was really, he wanted to be um, Robocop and they nearly had him signed on, like it was all ready to go. And then they realised that he was just too big to go into the suit. They needed someone small, because obviously this is all quite practical effects. The suit is quite chunky. And they'd put it on Arnie, you wouldn't have fucking been able to move it. It looked like a fridge, I'd imagine. But um, yeah, I imagine yeah. that Arnie is Robocop and Terminator. Yeah, I mean, another role that probably would have been good for him because, you know, the lines are quite robotic, funnily enough. Um, Michael Ironside as well, apparently, wasn't... He was one of the first choices, as well as um, Peter Fonda. 
So, um, and apparently Peter Weller, who obviously got the role in the end, was an absolute dick on set. And he got fired, didn't he, at one point? They kicked him off. And then he did end up coming back. He sort of groveled back and they came, came to some sort of agreement. But this film was just fraught with so many issues during the filming. I mean, last night I watched that um, the movies that made us on this, which you recommended to watch. And um, but it's, this film is amazing it ever actually got made in the end, isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, as much of a classic as it is now, it's like, it's, like you said, it's a miracle it ever got made. Because like you say, um, they went through a load of people trying to find Robocop. Um, Peter Weller, like you said, I quite like Peter Weller. He's been in some good movies and over the years I've liked him. But yeah, apparently he's a complete dick on this. He was always kicking off about the suit. He was rubbing his feet and he was like moaning about everything, wasn't he? And yeah, it's just really crazy. Yeah. But then, uh, it's quite funny because the guy who plays um, Clarence Bodiger, the um, the main villain, well, I think his name's is it, um, Kurtwood Smith or something like that. It's got really... Yes, it is. Kurtwood is his actual first name, which is pretty random. And then he's got <laughs> Smith. Obviously, he had such a common surname, they thought they'd give him a funky first name. Yeah, that's it. Um, like he was obviously, I mean, he's a proper like the villains in this movie are fucking just horrible people, which I'm sure mm. we'll touch on. But he was just having fun of it. Like when he read the script and stuff, he was like saying, "I didn't even know what I had to fucking do." So he's just making it up as he went along, really, and had loads of fun on set. But yeah, he actually plays like a really sinister like villain in this. Yeah, he's a good villain, isn't he? Um, just um, touched on the violence again before we start the synopsis. There, um, during the initial preview, people were walking out because it was so brutal. So they actually, um, they were going to give it an X rating, which would have meant basically no one would have been able to see it and merchandise would never have been able to be made because Verhoeven was so obviously wanting to make the money back. He did cut a couple of scenes or cut them down. So it finally got the R rating. So imagine what the uncut version would be like. Cause this is fucking pretty violent as it is. Yeah, because I watched, um, I've got the director's cut on Blu-ray and I actually took out the shrink wrap and watched it last night um, in prep. And it didn't seem like it had anything more than I'd already seen in some of the other cuts. But um, like you said, there's actually a studio cut out there, you know, the Verhoeven fully X-rated one. I mean, fucking hell, dread, dread to think what it's like. <laughs> but um, let's have a look at the old uh, synopsis and see what it's all about then. Um, so this is coming from the Robocop fan wiki page. So credit to those guys for writing this, because the one on the main wiki just kind of um, breezed over things a little bit too much. So hopefully this breaks it down a bit more. So... In the near future, in old Detroit, Michigan, violent crime is out of control and the city is in financial ruin. The city government con uh, contracts the mega corporation Omni Consumer Products, or OCP for short, to fund and operate the police force, in, an F um, in effect privatising it. But OCP is not interested in rebuilding old Detroit. Rather, it plans to consist of replacing old Detroit with a modern settlement called Delta City. Before construction can begin, however, OCP needs to end crime in the city, but knows it cannot rely on an already underfunded police department whose officers are contemplating going on strike. At an executive meeting, OCP senior president Dick Jones presents his new law enforcement droid, the ED-209, which he believes will end crime in old Detroit. Unfortunately, the demonstration quickly goes awry, resulting in the violent death of a junior executive. So that pretty much skims over the top. And as we mentioned at the start, good old Verhoeven with his, um, his weird like, infomercials, he always kind of starts his movies with them and just kind of sets the scene. And it's obviously exactly what he does here with Robocop. And it just shows you in like a minute like that the city's in fucking ruins. Everything's gone mental. And we're watching a really kind of satirical, just a really weird movie, really, the way it's shot, I think. Yeah, I do like the way it starts as well. I mean, some of the films, I mean, what was it... Um... Jingle all the way. We watched a long time ago now, Christmas time, not that long ago. Um, obviously, a completely different film, but 
the titles ran for about the first 15 minutes of the film. With this, you just get Robocop and it's straight in. There's no fucking about, is there? No, it's not. And I'll say the movie, you know, runs along at quite a nice pace. It's like an hour 40, which I think for a movie like this, you know, it doesn't outstay its welcome. It's just the right kind of length that you need. You wouldn't want it to be dragged out for anything. But um, yeah, I mean, that fucking scene where like you kind of see the world as it is, we get sort of briefly introduced to Murphy, I think, at this stage. When we meet Ed 209, that thing used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. It's just the animal noises that they give it, the way it walks, the way it it's obviously practical effects, but almost stop motion, a bit like Jason and the Argonauts, isn't it? The way they've kind of chopped it onto the screen. But that thing's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it is. And I used to love that when I was a kid. Again, being slightly wary of it. Um, but it looked a bit ropey now, to be fair. And the animal noises, I didn't really notice them back then when I used to watch it. But now I, I didn't really think they fitted. It is obviously some kind of robotic thing. And why is it making animal noises? It just seemed a bit strange, I thought. Yeah, because it's got this weird growl, and later on it makes this squealy noise. It sounds like mm. the sort of noise they gave the Predator at one point. Um, but maybe, I don't know if it's something to do with a studio thing or whatever, but that bit where they're sort of introducing Ed 209, and then that guy gets blown away. Like, in when I was a kid, like I mentioned before, on TV, like, you saw the guns going off, and the guy sort of starts being shot, and then it cuts away pretty much, and now he just gets absolutely fucking obliterated, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, fuck me, how many shots does it fire into him, the poor guy? I mean... And also, I was watching this earlier for the first time in a good few years, and um, they say we need a volunteer to, um, you know, get Ed 209 to do his thing. And fair enough, the guy doesn't know he's going to get shot. So he volunteers, fair play to him. But they give him a loaded gun. I'm thinking, why are they even loading this gun? All he needs to do is point it at Ed 209. I don't think Ed 209 would realise a gun was loaded. But he gets absolutely fucking obliterated. He gets shot so many times. And then... I think it's the old guy just goes, well, I'm very disappointed. I'm like, well, fuck me. What a reaction. The guy's just been shot to shit in front of you. And that's all you can say. Yeah, right. And it is weird. Like I say, like, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, one, they've got a loaded, like, fucking Desert Eagle just on a random plinth by the window of all places. (laughs) But also, they're doing a demonstration. Why the fuck would Ed 209 be armed in the first place? Like, he's obviously, like, packing some serious firepower. Why would you even have him fucking loaded? I suppose it's just, obviously, to show, like, the carelessness of mega corporations. But... The bit that makes me laugh, it's like you say, when he's like, oh, I'm very disappointed. And then fucking Dick Jones turns around and goes, it's just a glitch. You call this a glitch? It's just like this fucking <laughs> body in the background. It's just like complete mush. Oh, it's fucking, it's mental, but it's quite entertaining at the same time. Yeah, it's bloody stupid, isn't it? Because obviously all the, the norm ops in, in the meeting are all like, oh my God, oh fucking hell, they're all sort of screaming and that. But the main guys, like Bobby and Dick or whatever, just like, yeah, okay, he's been shot. Let's just carry on and do something else. It's like, they're just blasé about it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Bob Morton, another junior executive, uses the opportunity to propose his RoboCop program directly to the CEO of OCP, the old man who accepts. As a result, Morton immediately earns the hatred of Jones. Meanwhile, Detroit police officers Alex Murphy, who is transferring in from another precinct, and Anne Lewis, who has been assigned to be Murphy's partner, pursue a crew of thugs fleeing from a robbery to an abandoned steel mill. Inside, Murphy is brutally and violently executed by the notorious gang leader Clarence Bodiger and his men, who are responsible for the recent cop killings plaguing old, old Detroit. So there we go. Now we meet um, Murphy and uh, Lewis as well. And I quite like Lewis as a side character in this. She pretty much holds the screen pretty well. But old um, Alex Murphy doesn't last long in this particular sort of guise, does he, in his regular form? No, he doesn't. Um, one thing as well, when we first do meet um, Murphy and Lewis, when Murphy's first getting reassigned to the, to the station, they're walking through it and 
the female police officers are just getting dressed in front of the guys, aren't they? And it's obviously the usual 80s little bit of boob action. I'm thinking, fuck me, that wouldn't... Well, it might have happened back then. certainly wouldn't happen now where they're getting dressed in front of the guys. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, when you look back at these 80s movies, like the way they looked at like what the future might be like, and obviously that, this is a very satirical movie, a bit like... um starship troopers was because there's that scene in the shower when they're all showering together in that isn't there with the women yeah. and the blokes and it's like yeah nowadays none of that would fucking fly but yeah there's so much stuff to just kind of off the cuff in this movie and i guess it was just like how they imagined the future would be and in some ways like the greedy corporations running everything they're not far off there but some of the other stuff they're fucking miles off which is probably a good thing yeah yeah you're right about the whole corporation thing i guess um i mean we do have fucking gender neutral toilets and stuff now which i'm dead against but that's a whole different ball game to go you know talk about um but bodica when we sort of first get introduced to him he's been sought for the death of like 31 police officers now this guy yeah okay he's kind of doing a bit of a backhander but he's just walking around like he's just your average joe but he'd be fucking there's no way he'd be walking the streets if he's been killing 31 police officers it's no, no, it's mad, isn't it? And that's it's one thing it's like kind of genius about this is all the villains just look like regular people. Like mm. he does he doesn't look like I mean he plays like a fucking evil character and like the way he plays him is really good and stuff he does is absolutely horrible. They're all really vile people. But they're just regular people. They all just look like your average Joe in the street, don't you? And like you say, you'd kill that many cops, it's, he'd have like fucking pictures up on every newspaper, fucking TV screen everywhere, wouldn't he? Like it'd be like national manhunt going on for him. He'd be the most wanted person in the country, I would think, and probably even in the world. Um, but the bit where they do um, they do take down Murphy, fucking hell. I mean, they shoot his hand off, and it does look a bit sketchy these days, but it's done so quickly, it kind of still looks okay, I guess. But, I mean, I've always thought this, even back when I watched this as a kid, um, there's no way he'd have survived, even had a chance of surviving that. I mean, they pound so many shotgun rounds into him and he might be wearing a bulletproof vest but fuck me that wouldn't have done nothing and then old Bodica just fucking shoots him through the head so you know and it's just it's just absolutely obliterated isn't he yeah it's fucking it's fucking evil isn't it like I say they, they take his hand off and that's one thing then they blow his fucking arm off and then yeah. there is this about four of them they were like loading him on shotguns and he stood about 10 foot away from me as well but somehow he fucking survives and then survives a bullet to the head just about um you do get that classic like I say it does look a little bit ropey, but is that again of its time? Um, you see the switch like you do in like some of his other movies where it goes from being uh Peter Weller to like a prosthetic, like an animatronic of him before he gets shot in the head, and you can notice it, but it's still pretty cool that they put the effort into actually doing all that back in the day. Because then, like, when you get shot in the head, you actually see like literally the bullet sticking out and like the bullet hole in his head and stuff. Like, normally in a normal special effects movie, you just see a splash of blood and that's it, but this is just fucking grim. Yeah, no, I think it, it still looks all right now. You know, um, you see that the actual hole being made in his head. I mean, it's fucking horrible. But yeah, I think it would probably look pretty good, to be fair. So after being pronounced dead, uh, shocking that, uh, Morton's team transfers Murphy's remaining organs, including his brain, which is blanked so he has no memory of his former existence or how he was assassinated, into a full-body prosthetic cyborg and is reborn into Robocop. Robocop has only limited memories of his former life as Alex Murphy, though he retains the habit of twirling his pistol before holstering it. This was the skill he had learned to impress his son. This mannerism later helps Lewis recognise Robocop as her old partner. Robocop patrols the city and proves extremely effective at stopping violent crime. Morton's overwhelming successful project propels him to OCP vice presidency, 
but Jones warns him that his humiliation will not go unanswered. Bodiger, who has been secretly working for Jones, arrives at Morton's home and murders him on Jones's orders. So this section here, it's just basically how they build Robocop. And I quite like this, but again, it's one of those things, because it's of its time, you see everything through Robocop's vision, and it's like, so we're in the future, and it's all like CRT TVs everywhere, and it's like, where's the flat screens? Where's the 4K and everything? This guy's <laughs> got like a worse fucking picture than my phone. But obviously, it's just obviously that retro futuristic look, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I didn't pick up on that at the time, and now you've mentioned it's a really good point that TVs are always of of the, their time, and it's supposed to be futuristic, but I guess they weren't really thinking it about that kind of style of the future. But that's a really good point, actually, Bread Roll. I do like the way we see it from Robocop's perspective, though, when they're building him and it sort of cuts to the New Year's Eve party they're having and all that, and you kind of see the various shots of him being made but from his perspective and then when you first see him when he walks through the police station you just see him through those frosted windows but you don't actually get a real good glimpse of him you see him turn in the back of him um i think that's mainly because they were having real fucking trouble with the suit as well so they kind of did that because of that but it works really well yeah no it is good and it is a good kind of build up to the reveal because like you say like even when he is robocop you still don't get a proper shot of him for a while it's just obviously like say on screens reflections and bits and pieces before he goes out there um one thing that does annoy me um and i don't know why it annoys me so much but like when obviously because we're seeing it from his kind of point of view so it's like first person like um oh what's his name Fuck, i can't remember his name now um it's not dick jones is it? it's the other guy bob morton the guy who's obviously created robocop yeah he um he's like talking to goes oh what's your prime directives and they're standing so close to him like they like literally get up and like they go eye to eye with him it's like fucking stand back and talk to him but they're like literally like almost headbutting him when they're trying to talk to him they get right up in his grill and i'm just like why are you standing so fucking close yeah it's a bit strange isn't it i guess it's for dramatic effect almost but one thing as well which is a bit strange that i thought of today and it's a real stupid thing to think of i don't know why it popped in my head so when robocop first gets marched through the police station and like the the chief of police or whoever he is he's like what the fuck's going on you think they might have warned him that this was going to happen but he's like completely oblivious to the fact that they're marching this fucking super cop through his police station isn't he yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, we need to commandeer one of your rooms for a guy. And you know, like you say, you might just warn the chief, at least, oh, it's going to be a ruddy, great big fucking robot, not just some random guy. One that I did think is, because um, I like that reveal where, where Lewis sees him, like, spinning his gun. They're in the shooting range, aren't they? And you feel the cops are, like, yes. their normal guns. And you hear this big fucking thing going off. And, like, Robocop's pistol's, like, massive. And he's, like, properly fucking firing away, like, for ages. And then you see the close-up of, like, the wooden aiming board, and he's just chopping it up. And I was thinking, right, for that close-up shot, you've just seen the board sort of coming apart. But he's been leathering that thing with his gun. That, there wouldn't be any fucking wood left, would there, on this aiming thing by the time it got to him? No, I mean, that gun is so over the top, isn't it? And then we get to see him in a couple of sort of almost montages of him saving the day. There's the robbery in the shop, isn't there, where um the guy, and he goes up to him and just fucking bends the barrel of his gun. It does look really fucking fake. And he just chucks him into a fridge and just walks off. And the two shop owners are like, all right, cool. They don't even bat an eyelid to what's just happened, really. Yeah. The thing that makes these great is when, like you say, it looks ropey as fuck. Like you said, the way he just bends the gun like it's a fucking balloon or something. But every time something happens, in the background, you've got that twat on the TV going, I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) And it fucking appears in literally every sequence in this bloody movie. And I think that's what makes it funny and memorable, but it's just he's always fucking there. It's weird, isn't it? You say it's memorable, but I totally forgotten about him until I watched this again earlier, and I was like, oh, fuck me, I do remember that. 
And then the next sort of clip we get of Robocop saving a day is when the, that woman's being assaulted and the guy's got her and he's holding her and he shoots through the skirt and shoots a guy in his dick. I thought that was fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's good. I just love how like fucking cavalier Robocop is because obviously he's cyborg and everything. <laughs> the woman runs over and says, oh, thank you. And he just sort of turns around and goes, madam, you are going into shock. And it's just like, he's just so fucking cavalier <laughs> with it all. <laughs> yeah, and then the last one we get is when that guy's got the mayor hostage and he kind of sneaks up on him and he punches him through a wall. And it's almost comedy, isn't it? He just sort of goes, ah, pulls his face as like Robocop launches him through a wall. There's a few comedy moments. Well, I know it's supposed to be all fucking tongue in cheek anyway, because you can't take this seriously, even if you know it is a cool film and stuff. But earlier on in the steel mill, when um before Murphy gets obviously murdered, Lewis finds one of Bodiger's crew and he's like taking a piss. And um I swear like she knocks him off something, or like he gets pushed around and or maybe maybe a little bit later on, but he falls down, and he's like, ah just makes this really fucking <laughs> weird noise when he falls off. Yeah, he does. He's quite vocal that one, actually. He's got this really like high pitched laugh as well, hasn't he? That that particular criminal. One thing as well, I did put in my notes when we skimmed over. And I've just gone back to it now. You mentioned it. There's always a bad guy having a piss in these films, isn't there? Always. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Do you want me to zip that up?" Like he turns around to her, and she looks down and obviously sees what's hanging out, and um, then that's what <laughs> sort of puts her off guard. And that's when he punches her. But yeah, there's always a bad guy having a piss in these films. Must have been an eighties thing, mustn't it? I don't know what it was. It's just movies when they wanted to. I don't know what it is. Like even today, like when you watch gritty movies, they don't feel as dirty as they like the eighties and nineties versions. It's just something about the way they're shot and some of the stuff. But like you said, there's always someone taking a slash. It's just how like vile the criminals are and the way they act and everything. It's just movies from this time. They kind of just have a bit of a grimy feeling to them. They always feel dirty when you're watching them, as opposed to today when everything, even when it is gritty, it's still kind of clean at the same time. This one really does as well doesn't it one thing that disappointed me as well is um they gave robocop just a normal police car i thought he'd get some kind of fucking special car but he's just got your average police car hasn't he yeah and they like they look to me i mean again it's that kind of like nondescript american car but they look like a kind of sierra cosworth sort of shape don't they really and they're just again this is the future and they're driving around in the fucking like ford or whatever it is yeah i just thought they'd give him something a bit more futuristic or something that set him apart from from the normal cops but obviously not yeah, like an armoured vehicle or something. But yeah, he just gets the same old crap. Um, so as time passes, Robocop regains more memories of his previous life, triggered in large part by his incidental uh, yeah, incidental arrest of Emil, can't say his last name, one of the bad guys, one of Bodiger's thugs and, partic- and participant in Murphy's murder. Robocop begins pursuing Bodiger's henchmen, finally capturing Bodiger himself and a gunfight in a drug factory. In desperation, Bodiger announces that Jones is supposed to be protecting him. All that stops Robocop from killing the helpless Bodiger is his programming, specifically his Directive 3, Uphold the Law. He instead takes Bodiger to the station and travels to Jones's office to arrest him. And this is um, pretty cool because the movie moves along at a fairly steady pace. Like We get that montage of like Robocop saving the day and literally in five minutes, suddenly like his memories and that are starting to come back. And I suppose there is... Uh, that's just like a psychological part of this movie, isn't it? It's like, you know, you put a man inside a machine, where does the machine start and the man end sort of thing? So he's obviously conflicted as to his programming versus his memories. And I thought, you know, to be fair, it's done pretty well, if not, you know, a little bit t- um, like on the nose, really. Yeah, it's always the way in these films. And it is that thing, isn't it? Exactly what you just said there, you hit the nail on the head, where does the, the man stop and the machine start or whatever? And 
you know, you're never going to completely erase it. I mean, the guy was fucking dead anyway, so skimming over that, he's always going to have some kind of weird memories and flashbacks. Um, but one thing as well, um, there's a sort of scene in this where uh, Robocop turns up and one of Bodica's guys, one of the main guys, the guy gets fucking acid or toxic waste on him a bit later on. Um, he's, he's robbing a gas station. And I'm thinking, you guys are massive fucking criminals. You're known to everyone. And yet, you know, you're out just doing petty crimes as well. You know, you think they wouldn't be doing that. They'd be laying a bit low, but he decides he's not going to pay for his gas. He's going to fucking threaten the, the poor gas attendant with a bloody machine gun. I'm thinking a little bit stupid, really, isn't it? When you're probably, you know, the most wanted guys in the fucking country. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And I think, again, that goes back to like how, like sometimes, like, don't get me wrong, I like an intelligent criminal as much as the next person. Somebody's got some motive, someone that actually makes you think, hang on, I can kind of, I don't agree with what they're doing, but I can see where they're coming from. These guys are just fucking assholes. They're just horrible people. Like you say, they've got, money coming out of their ass from being like the number one drug dealers obviously wanted by everyone we now know that uh at least has got like dick jones in his pocket well not in his pocket but he's in his corner backing him up with stuff it's like why the fuck would you just like rob a bloody petrol station surely you can fill a tank of petrol up on your bike and not have to be a dick about it these people are just absolutely yeah. horrible yeah that's exactly what i thought i was like you're just drawing attention to yourself but i guess it's just kind of trying to emphasize how much of a load of dicks these guys are um, it's quite convenient as well that old Robocop has got that spike that comes out which obviously serves a great purpose a bit later on but it seems to just fit into every terminal he goes up to it's quite convenient that yeah it's quite convenient also it's a really weird because essentially for the purpose of him being Robocop it's like a USB stick isn't it why the fuck is it a, like yeah. a foot long bloody spike <laughs> or something like you say it comes in handy a bit later on but essentially it's just so he can access stuff and <laughs> it's just a bit fucking ridiculous really one scene I like, and I've always loved this scene as a kid because it's just a good acting scene, is when he goes into that warehouse when he obviously eventually captures Bodiger. Um, and Bodiger and his, the rest of his guys, Emil has been arrested by now. Um, they're like talking drugs and everything. And the guy they're talking to, he looks like Jumbo Jones when he falls in horses. And he's like just sat there, like <laughs> a little bottle of fucking red, red, a little glass of red wine. And like Clarence puts his fingers in it and then like sniffs it or something weird. But I just thought, man, this guy's fucking Jumbo Jones. That's that's pretty amazing, actually, because I've got here, he reminded me of Alan Parry from uh, Only Fools. So <laughs> That's what I thought of originally, but then I was like, no, he's more like Jumbo Jones. <laughs> he is a bit more like Jumbo, actually, you're right. But yeah, definitely an Only Fools and Horses connection there. And he's got the old red wine on the go as well. He's just randomly walking around for a fucking glass of red wine. And then sits down, there's obviously a bottle on the table. And I'm like, fair play, mate, you're a man after my own heart there. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. But I do love that sequence and like they're sort of sat there chatting and Things are getting heated, but they end up coming to like they'll just point guns and Clarence doesn't give a shit, does he? He's just there, like, ah, oh, you know, the Tigers are playing tonight. Don't want to miss a game, even though he's got like 20 guns fucking pointing at his head. And then Robocop breaks down the door and just fucking slaughters him. I used to love that as a kid because it's just a good action sequence where the hero comes in and blows all the bad guys away. Yeah, that is quite cool. One bit it does that I've never really noticed before, I didn't even remember this scene. It's when um, Robocop walks into the club and gets Bodica's guy and just drags him out by his hair after he tries to kick him in the nuts and obviously nothing happens because he's got metal nuts, I'm assuming. But, like, why, who let Robocop in that fucking club? You think you'd be like, who the fuck are you? He just casually wanders around, a bit like the Terminator, but at least Arnie looks human. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> Robocop obviously about the same size at this point, but sticks out like a sore dick. And most people don't even react to him, do they? They just say, no. okay, and like bloody space invaders or dancing array and the fucking robocop comes walking by and no one blinks but yeah i guess he must have been on the uh, vip list or something 
<laughs> well, I guess you wouldn't mess with him, would you, if you saw him coming up? I mean, I'm assuming people have seen him doing his thing by now. You know, it would have been on the news and that. So maybe they're like, OK, he's here to, to fight crime or arrest someone. But it just seemed a bit weird the way he just walks around the club and no one's really taking any notice of him. Yeah. One thing as well, just before we move on, going back to that warehouse thing, because obviously at the start, um, when we first meet Murphy before he gets murdered, he's obviously spinning the gun round and he's saying like his son watches this show. I think it's called like TJ Hooker or something like that. It's about some future cop guy, laser guy. TJ um, Laser, isn't it, or something? TJ Laser. That's a TJ. Hooker. No, I said whatever the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, he's doing that, and then like as he's RoboCop in this warehouse, he's kind of doing the random poses, but they look really weird because he's so chunky in that. But he's like got spinning round and shooting up, and then he's like doing all these crazy like action poses, but they just look really out of place, but they're also quite funny at the same time. Yeah, that's quite a funny scene. It kind of reminded me of Commando, the ridiculous depths where he's just shooting in one direction and someone over the other side seems to sort of die from it. <laughs> it is almost comedic. And one thing as well, they're in like a, a coke lab or whatever, and one of the guys he shoots looks a bit like Pablo Escobar. I'm sure that wasn't intentional, but he did look a little bit like him. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that myself. But to be honest, when there's Coke, you know, who else do you expect to find there? It's got to be Pablo, hasn't it? So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So um, in the attempt, however, um, to obviously, uh, this is carrying on from arresting uh, Dick Jones. In the attempt, however, Robocop discovers a previously hidden part of his programming, Directive 4, which prevents him from arresting any senior OCP executive. Jones boasts of his crimes, including the murder of Bob Morton, while Robocop is paralysed by the directive, Robocop is then attacked by Ed 209 and later several SWAT teams, suffering heavy damage but escaping with the help of Lewis. Um, and that's just another kind of sequence that follows this on, but this is pretty full-on, really, because he gets fucking battered here, doesn't he? Absolutely battered. It's quite random as well, that old... Um, is it Dick Jones? He's, he's just got randomly Ed 209 in his office. Just like, oh, OK. <laughs> like, a little door opens where an Ed 209 comes out. It's like, he's just handily has him in his office i know it's his little project and everything which just seemed a bit strange yeah exactly how did they get him in there because we later find out the only reason robocop doesn't get fucking murdered by a 209 um is because he can't go downstairs apparently so it's like obviously they must have brought him up in an elevator but how did they shift him around through all these like office doors yeah i thought that was quite funny as well i mean i, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny but the fact that his downfall is he can't fucking go downstairs Actually, <laughs> obviously he's like this big thing that's supposed to be indestructible but the f- fucking thing can't even walk down some stairs so it wouldn't be much good in in heated battle anyway would he no it wouldn't unless there was like a really large escalator or something or like a service round he's <laughs> fucked so <laughs> hold hold on i just need to get in the lift <laughs> it wouldn't fucking work would it uh... But that um that scene obviously when he gets like battered by Ed two oh nine, then obviously he manages to sort of escape and then he gets leathered by the SWAT team as well. Again, it's like poor Murphy can't catch a break, can he? he got fucking blown apart when he was human. Now he's getting absolutely fucking mullied when he's a robot. How much fucking lead do they pump into him? Jesus, there's about a hundred coppers just fucking unloading into him, machine guns, shotguns, pistols, everything you can think of. I mean, I know he's Robocop and everything, but I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have survived that. Yeah, exactly, because obviously they make a point of saying, yeah, he's bulletproof, probably against standard issue, you know, the sort of guns that criminals would have. These SWAT teams have got, like like you say, like fucking assault rifles and Christ knows else what. Absolutely fucking pummeling him, and obviously Lewis turns up and saves the day, but I just like, fucking hell, this bloke is getting absolutely battered in this movie. The good movie coincidence as well, he falls down like two levels on this multi-story car park, and Lewis just happens to drive up as he falls down the last one. Oh, hello, Robocop. Get in my car. It's like, oh, movie coincidence number 350. 
Yeah, and also, like, fuck now, I wonder what happens with Lewis Benches, because she fucking picks him up and throws him in the back seat. <laughs> swear this guy must weigh a fucking ton or two. He's a fucking robot. Well, I mean, Nancy Allen, who plays Lewis in this, in that um, Robocop thing I watched last night, the movies that made her, said she um, she wore, was it, boxer shorts to try and feel a bit more sort of, you know, masculine almost in the in the role. But fucking hell, yeah, she's um, certainly benching a bit if she manages to pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> So um, while Robocop repairs himself and for the first time removes his visor to reveal his face, the Detroit police begin their long-threatened strike, complaining of budget reductions um, that have reduced their salaries and manpower, resulting in innumerable deaths. In the subsequent chaos, Jones arranges to free Bodica and his gang, ordering Bodica to destroy Robocop with the promise of making him the new crime lord in Delta City. Jones supplies Bodica's gang with vehicles, anti-material weapons, um, and tracking devices to find Robocop's location. So now we're pretty much just getting up to the nitty gritty now, at the end of the series, um, at the end of the movie, should I say. I've got to say one thing is when he takes his, his helmet off and you actually see his face in the robotics behind it, the effects were fucking awesome, I thought. Considering that is obviously all done with prosthetics and stuff, I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, I did as well. Um, I mean, you can obviously tell it's not real, but considering this film's 35 years old, yeah, it looks fucking good, I thought. And also... Um, Lewis, obviously, she takes him to this bloody fucking industrial plant, wherever it is. Don't know why. I guess it's out of the way. But she just comes back and she's like, oh, yeah, I've got your gun and a few bits. How the fuck did she get his gun? Where, where did she get that from? Did he, he didn't, well, I suppose he dropped it when he was like shot by those coppers, but it wouldn't have just been lying around for her to pick up, would it? No, exactly. I mean, we've seen all the way through, like, obviously, the OCP people are a bunch of fucking corporate bellends. They'd have taken it and stuck it in a vault somewhere, wouldn't they? Or just done something with it. It wouldn't have just been fucking sat on someone's desk willy-nilly. And also, um, I can't figure out if this place where she takes him to is the same place he was murdered. I mean, it all kind of looks the same. It's that like, really run-down industrial thing. But I was thinking, that's the same place. That's pretty morbid. It's like, oh, yeah, you died here. Now I'm bringing you here as a robot. I didn't know if it's supposed to be the same place or not. Yeah, I've got exactly the same thought. I'm not sure. It does look very similar. But these sets are always the same in these films, aren't they? They're always disused fucking plants or factories of some description. We've seen it in the Terminator. They're always the same kind of place that they end up. Um, but yeah, it may well be the same place. Hmm. Um, also as well, when um, when old um, Bodega gets those fucking weapons and stuff, and like, you've got a meal and he's just sat in the street and like everyone's looting and breaking stuff, and he just like smashes the window to turn the TV up so you can watch that fucking buy that for a dollar guy again. Um and these fucking guns that they give them, I don't even know what they're supposed to be, but they're like fucking rocket launchers disguised <laughs> as sniper rifles, and they're just like blowing shit up in the street like lunatics, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of issues I've got with that whole scene, really. I mean, you've got old fucking Emil sat there, he's watching TV through a fucking shop window, it's pretty random, drinking a bottle of JD, which he then throws through the window, which is a complete waste. But yeah, Bodica just turns up and he's got these fucking assault cannons, I think, that he calls it. He hands a couple out and they just start blowing cars up. And I'm thinking, you're just wasting all the ammo. You're supposed to be taking out Robocop, not just shooting random cars in shops in the street. Yeah, yeah, it's just fucking... And again, it's just nonsensical, isn't it? It just shows that they are really just a bunch of bellends at the end of the day, that's lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and there's, there's... Sorry, just before you move on there, Brad, right? Um, there's one bit where um, Lewis obviously goes back and she brings a little bottle of baby or a thing of jar of baby food for for Robocop because that's what he eats he's like I'm not hungry but then 
he's got a couple lined up and he's trying to shoot them. He says, oh, my tracking's a bit off. Can you help me? But before he, um, Lewis helps him and he does get back on target, which seems to be really quick, he just sort of helps him and then his targeting's all back from Rexley. But he's waywardly shooting at these things and she stood or sat about a foot away and I'm thinking, that's a bit fucking stupid. You might blow her up or like kill her. A little bit fucking silly, but there we go. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And also, it's a bit fucking selfish because she's obviously just literally saved his life, gone and somehow magically got his fucking gun from cash converters or wherever she got it from. <laughs> and fucking, she's asleep there trying to get some rest and he just starts fucking firing off like about a foot away from her. It's like, oh, you bastard. Why don't you fucking go somewhere else and do that? She's trying to get a fucking nap here. Yeah, right. Although she's sleeping on some fucking wooden thing with a, like a blanket. It doesn't look particularly comfortable. But yeah, I'm thinking that exactly that. That's a bit selfish and a bit fucking stupid. If you can't aim properly and you're shooting and saying it's a foot away from her, yeah, have some sense, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now Bodega's gang track Robocop to the same abandoned steel mill where the gang killed Murphy. Oh, there we go. It's there for us. There we go. Really... So <laughs> <laughs> it's on wiki, so it's got to be true. Um, yeah. In a final showdown, Robocop and Lewis kill Bodega's group. The battle leaves Robocop with further damage and Lewis seriously wounded. Bodega tries to shoot Lewis to death, but Robocop comes to her rescue. He stabs the villain in the neck, killing him. Um, so that's pretty much the end sequence. And I've got to say, this starts off, um, obviously they know Bodega's coming. And they're like, Bodega and his gang are like walking down this like drive, I don't know, like this kind of like alleyway bit. Emil's in the van. And Robocop's behind them and he's like, oh, looking for me and does something stupid. And then he'll turn around and start firing. He had to drop on him. He could have fucking taken out at least two or three of them then instead of, like, fucking announcing himself. Yeah, that is a bit stupid. There's two bits that get me with this little bit here. There's the bit you just said there, and also they then fire these fucking assault cannon things up at him. A couple of them fire them, and they miss him. And I'm thinking, earlier on, you were dead shots with these, taking out cars and wherever else you were aiming at. And I know Robocop's a smaller target and a moving target, but we're actually now, they don't fucking hit him. Yeah, yeah, it's convenient that they suddenly turn into stormtroopers, don't they? And like I say, he yeah. may be a moving target, but he doesn't move very fast, does he? He can't even run. He just kind of struts. He almost minces as well, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not the most agile, is he? No, and then we get this bit, and this is a bit I didn't see for fucking ages, because obviously as a kid, it was never on TV. This whole bit was cut out. But old bloody Emil crashes into like some toxic waste thing, and he starts fucking melting, doesn't he? He turns into like the toxic Avenger. And I, was just, I didn't see that until I was about a teenager, and I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, that bit's always cut out when it's on TV. I mean, I haven't seen it on TV for a long, long time. But yeah, last time I saw it, it was definitely cut out. Um, and I'm I'm glad. I watched this on Prime earlier. And it came up as an 18 rated. And I thought, oh, good. And as far as I could tell, none of it was cut from the version I watched as, as a teenager. Obviously, I can't remember precisely. But this scene, I thought it looked fucking good as well. I thought it looked amazing. Um, and I think the guy who did the practical effects on this was the same guy who did them on The Thing, or it's his team. And obviously, this was a few years later, but I thought it still looks good now. And when, hold on, Bodica fucking runs into him and he just sort of explodes all over the car. I thought that looked great. And the fact that he grabs the other guy and he's like, help me, and his hands are all fucking melting off and that. Fucking gnarly and really good. Yeah, no, I agree. The practical effects are amazing. You're right, it is the same guy who did um like the practical effects for the thing. I think he did like um American Werewolf in London and stuff like that as well, perhaps. Um but yeah, it looks absolutely like just fucking horrible, doesn't it? Like when he's like squelching his way around and he's just making that weird kind of like Ooh! 
whatever sort of fucking noise. It's just fucking horrible. And like you say, his fingers are coming off. They look like onion rings. It's fucking half his <laughs> face is coming down. And then old like, fucking bodyguard just like slushes into him. And then obviously, um, obviously a few of them are dead now. And it's just, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy looks like a fucking 80s porn star and bodyguard. They're the only bad guys left. And they just end up in like this random... I don't know where, like, there's like water or something like that. And um, there's a big crane above them. And Robocop just happens to be there. It's like you, you yeah. barely move. And they've just had this huge fucking car chase all the way around this complex, run over a mill, and you just happen to be exactly where they've crashed. It's just fucking convenient. Yeah, he just sort of walks along as hello. It's me. And um, there's another bit as well. The, the guy, the other guy who's not Bodica, again, name escapes me as well. Um, so he's up on like ledge or whatever and he's next to the crane and he's got the assault cannon in his hands and he could have surely have taken Robocop out but instead he decides to get into the crane and try and drop some fucking steel girders or something onto him I'm thinking why don't you just fucking shoot him yeah like you say he had to drop on him could have just fucking sniped him but he doesn't and then another thing that's miraculous is obviously Bodega's crashed his car and he's dropped his assault cannon Lewis sort of crawls along. So Matey Boy obviously drops the girders on Robocop and he's incapacitated. Lewis crawls along and just pulls the trigger and it just happens to be aimed 100% specifically in the right direction to blow up this fucking <laughs> crane that Matey Boy's in. She doesn't even like hold it because she's half dead at this point. Um, again, this is one of those miraculous things. But old um, Bonnegar, he fucking, he's like battering Robocop with this big, like, I don't know what it is, like a spike or something, stabs it through him. And then that spike in Robocop's fist is USB stick from hell comes into play, doesn't it? And he slaps him in the neck, but then like a huge fucking splodge of blood just like slaps across Robocop's like face and chest and Bodega falls down with blood pissing out of his neck. That's fucking gnarly as well. He is, isn't it? The blood's just spurting out. It's like Tarantino style, isn't it? Where he's over the top blood spurts. Just he's all holding his neck. I guess he's hit the artery there, so it probably would be spurting out everywhere. But yeah, you certainly see a fair bit of claret, don't you? Yeah, it's fucking fun. And then um like, Robocop manages to, like, free himself, even though he's looking like fucking basically hammered shit right now. He's absolutely, like, a mullered almost. Um, and then he proceeds to OCP headquarters and plays a recording of Jones' confession to the murder of Morton, an OCP executive's meeting. He also reveals that he cannot act against an OCP officer. Jones panics and takes the CEO hostage with a conveniently placed Desert Eagle from earlier on in the movie, um, demanding a helicopter to take him um, to an escape route. The old man fires Jones, invalidating his directive for protection. Robocop thanks the old man and shoots Jones, sending his body flying through a boardroom window and plunging down to the ground. The old man compliments Robocop on his shooting and asks him his name. Robocop, having regained his former memories, smiles and replies, Murphy. And again, it's just the movie ends almost as suddenly as it started, really. He just sort of comes in, kills Jones, says his name, and then the movie just fucking ends. Yeah, I dislike the end. It's very abrupt, isn't it? It just says Murphy, and then Robocop comes up again, same way as it did at the start, and the titles roll. There's no soppy ending or anything. I mean, I'm assuming Lewis was okay. He left her for dead in that fucking muddy pit of water she was in, so let's hope she was all right. Yeah, because he sort of pulls up at that building, doesn't he? And he's got one of the big cannons of Bodegrad, and he blows up an Ed 209 of it, doesn't he? He just sort of like wanders off. Well, that's one thing as well, right? So Ed 209's outside, or one of them, I don't know how many there are, um, and he blows it up pretty simply. I mean, obviously, he's got that fucking cannon, which is stupidly powerful. But then he goes upstairs to the boardroom with all these guys are having a meeting. And none of them have noticed there's been a massive explosion downstairs. He's, he's mentioned, doesn't he, at the start, there's an Ed 209 downstairs guarding the place. And surely they would have heard that fucking explosion downstairs. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I know they're up on like one of the high floors and everything because we see old um, Dick Jones falling down to his death. Well, his arms look really long because obviously he's like oh, three C giant. His arms are like twice the length of his body. But um, yeah, they would have heard that explosion. And two, Robocop, as we know, looks like a fucking state right now. He's now managed to get all the way up to that floor and no one's kind of like raised the alarm, called security or <laughs> he just fucking walks in. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late, you know, traffic or something like that. And fucking hell, it's like someone would have fucking raised the alarm. The Robocop just blew something up outside the building and then came in. Yeah, of course. And obviously that um, USB stick, murderous weapon, which when he actually pulls it out, it's got a little bit of blood on it. Obviously, Bodica's blood. Again, conveniently just fits into the uh, the mainframe they got in that room and plays the video. Yeah, I love as well. I mean, it's one of these fucking weird movie things because when um, Robocop first goes to arrest Dick Jones and then finds out that he can't because of the directive and then Ed 209 batters him, like Dick Jones is like it's an action sequence. So Dick Jones is like, you know, I had to kill Bob Martin because I made a mistake, and it's all in sequence. When he plays back the video, it's almost like he's on like I don't know, like fucking Jeremy Beadless mate. She sat right in front of the fucking screen, like <laughs> going, I had to kill Bob Morton. It's like it's definitely not how you looked and how you said it during that particular scene. No, I did like the fact that he gets fired, obviously that then releases the objective though. That was quite clever, obviously quite obvious, but yeah, it's quite good. And when um Robocop's actually fucking pumping his bullets into old uh, Dick Jones. There's one guy just sat there sort of smiling and yeah, go on, carry on. It's like, fuck me, it's pretty brutal. A guy's being murdered in front of you. And you're just laughing, going, fucking come on, bring it on. Yeah, it's so fucking cheesy. That's um, Bob Morton's like second, isn't it? And he sort of turned around and just puts his thumb up yeah. at Robocop. It's like, fuck off. Everything had just gone on. But yeah, that firing bit was good because he even says, as he Robocop does, he's like, my programming won't allow me to act against it. And it just shows the old man was actually listening. So that was actually pretty clever, like you say. Yeah, it was a good little sort of, well, how he managed to end, end up killing him. And back when I watched this as a kid, teenager, um, I probably didn't really get so much of the plot. I was just more into the, the gore and the violence. But yeah, watching it now and actually taking note of, of the plot, although it's a bit sketchy, parts of it are quite clever. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Um, so that pretty much wraps up uh, Robocop. So the only thing to do now, really, is uh, to give this one some scores. Uh, who wants to go first this week, JT? I don't mind, Bradwell. Um, whoever. Let's, um, don't know. I don't mind. <laughs> well, fine. Well, um, I went last uh, first the last couple of weeks, so why don't you uh, kick us off? Yeah. Okay, then I'll go first on this one. Okay, so well, what can I say about this? This film is just so 80s, isn't it? I mean, it just fucking oozes that 80s look. The, the dialogue, the, the dirt that we talked about in 80s films, it's all there. And I fucking love it. I love it so much. I mean, I definitely should not have been watching this as a teenager. It's so fucking violent. It's unbelievable. Um, Ed 209, I don't think, has aged too well. It looks okay when it's static, but when it starts moving around, it does show its age. But back then, as a, as a like when I watched this, as we said earlier, fuck me, it was terrifying. I think Bodica's a, a really good bad guy. Um, Although his story is pretty fucking unbelievable that he's just walking around after killing 31 cops, but there we go. Um, yeah, um, well as good as Robocop, and Nancy Allen as Lewis, both really good. I thought she's in both of the sequels, which I haven't seen. I think he's in Robocop 2, Weller. She's in all three of them. I haven't seen the other two. Um, but I really enjoyed watching this again. Um, most of it came back to me. Um, some of it I was a bit sketchy about like, say the main plot I was a bit like oh, I can't remember what happened here but all the violence came back I can't give this any less than five others it is 
it is pretty fucking bad in places, but it's such a classic. It has to get five others. It's just violent, silly, and thoroughly enjoyable. I love it. Five others bread roll all day long. What about yourself? Oh, amazing. No, great score indeed there, JT. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I echo a lot of what you said there. I mean, yeah, it's an 80s movie through and through. Like you say, it's just everything about it is just of the time. The way it's shot, the way it kind of makes a dirty setting just literally feel dirty. Like you're kind of drawn into it and you're kind of mesmerized by just how they've done this kind of industrial, just, you know, the Americans in the 80s, they had a fucking short end of the stick because every movie just depicted every American city. This one's uh, Detroit. It's just being like a fucking shithole, um, which is probably a bit unfair to obviously the people who live there and the cities in general. But um, granted, this was futuristic for its day. Um, yeah, it's just one of those movies that just is a, a classic. Good cast, uh, great action. Like you say, the effects a little bit ropey these days. It's got a cracking theme tune as well. Back when movies actually had really cool theme tunes, um, this one's got one as well. Um, love the action. I love the fact that it moves along at steady pace. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It's an hour and 40, and it uses its time really well. It just kind of motors along, gives you plenty of action. Bit of a clever plot, although it's a bit on the nose at times. Um, yeah, really good movie. Um, I don't know if I want to give it a five or a four. It is a classic, and as I say, I shouldn't have watched it when I was a kid, but I can say that about many films that I've grown up enjoying. I think I'm going to give it a four, a really strong four. I might I should probably give it a five, but I'm just going to say I'm going to give it a four because it hasn't aged particularly well in places, although I do still absolutely love it. So four others from me. Oh, good stuff, Brad Roll. Yeah, I think I'm being a little bit sentimental giving it five, but I'm sticking with five because I love this fucking film and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it earlier. It's not really a Sunday lunchtime film. I watched it about 12 o'clock <laughs> earlier, but I, I was going to watch it last night. I watched that um, movies that made us on this, but that ran till nearly 11 o'clock and I thought, another two hours I'm probably going to fall asleep or not enjoy it so much so but I was looking forward to watching this all morning and I really enjoyed watching it again it is an absolute classic silly as it is it's fucking brilliant yeah yeah good times and I'm um, just a note on this being a classic for anyone out there who's watched the um the remake and would know what a classic doesn't look like because the remake is the most lifeless fucking bland <laughs> generic shitty fucking remake I think I've ever seen in my life despite Have having a seen I have, yeah. It's got a solid cast, but the movie itself is absolutely lifeless. That's dreadful. Maybe See, I, I avoid. <laughs> no, I avoid all these reboots, Brad. I haven't seen Total Recall one or this or any of the reboots really. Um, and when I when I said to my girlfriend last week or whenever, she said, "What are you doing next?" And I said, "Oh, Robocop. Oh, I really like that." And I was like, "Yeah, the original, not the 2014 shit reboot that I haven't even seen." Oh, I like that. I was like, mm, "Okay." Um, but no, I haven't seen the reboot and I never will. I haven't even seen the sequels to this, to be fair, or the TV series that was spawned from this, which apparently was pretty bad as well. Yeah, it's one of those movies, again, like these classics, like we've said before, like Terminator, there's two really good, solid movies. So maybe, you know, two of the best movies ever, really. And then they just spawn out of shitty sequels and no one can ever seem to recapture that magic. I think the curse is here again with Robocop. I remember the second Robocop being okay. I remember the third one being shit, although I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I mean, I can't imagine it's gotten better over time. Um, but yeah, the remake, I watched it when it came out just because I was bored one evening and it is fucking dreadful. And it's a shame because that's a really good cast, but it pretty much pisses over everything this movie managed to achieve in the 80s. Um, so yeah, just one of those things, really. But you mentioned there um, Total Recall, which is actually the movie we're going for next week. The original, of course, uh, another Verhoeven movie starring the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Indeed. I did that on purpose, Brad Roll. It was a tenuous link to next week's show. <laughs> and another one I haven't seen for a while, though I have seen it more recently than Robocop. Um, and yeah, I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> it's not really giving too much away. It's, it's a bit of a classic, isn't it? It is. It's one of Arnie's finest, isn't it? It's got to be in his top five movies. Um, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it. Um, I think I've seen it in the last few years. I think I watched it when it first came out in 4K. Um, just And I think it did a really good transfer. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. It is a classic. And um, that is coming to you next week. But of course, if you've enjoyed the show or if you've enjoyed you know, enjoy Robocop or you're looking forward to Total Recall, then please let us know at the Hyperbaric Ghost on Twitter. Uh, where you can keep up to date and link in of all of our um, all of our podcast episodes. We're available on most things now. Uh, Apple, Google Podcast, um, obviously Anchor, Spotify, wherever there's a podcast outlet, you'll probably find the goats there swinging their udders somewhere. <laughs> so that's yes, pretty indeed. much it. And, um, no, I was going to say, Brad Roll, sorry, I, I think I recorded one a bit funny there. Um, yeah, and just also, if you've got anything you want us to, to review, let us know via Twitter. Um, drop us a, a private message if you don't want it to be public. Um, and if you want to come on, please let us know because Let's get some people on here and let's have a bit of a laugh because I, I really want to get some more people involved, Bread Roll. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want to recommend us a movie, um, preferably if it's readily available. Um, we do, between us, have a pretty extensive uh, Blu-ray and 4K collection, but if it's on Netflix or Amazon or Disney Plus at the moment, that just makes life so much easier to grab hold of a movie. But yeah, come on, you know, have a chat of us, have a laugh of us and see if you can give us some tips on how to sound professional because... We've been doing this for a year and we still haven't quite figured it out. But we have fun. That's the main thing. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, we're approaching 50 shows, Brad Roll, and we've got something a bit special, hopefully, lined up for our 50th show. But that's uh, that's a few weeks down the line. Yeah, yeah, we do. And I'm looking forward to um, discussing that one properly. Um, I'm sure you might, guys, um, some of you might be able to guess roughly what ballpark we're going in for our 50th episode with some of the episodes we've done. But that is it for this week from Bread Roll. So I am signing off. And from EJT, she's got one last thing to say. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Dead or alive, you are coming with me.